I want you to stand to your feet and give a huge welcome to your youth pastor, Noel Murray. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks Okay, fun fact, you guys... I have, I, this is a fun fact about me, you, pretty few people know this, other than like William and Maya and a few other people, but I have Amish Paradise by Weird Al memorized completely. Do we have any Weird Al fans? Seventy's like, yeah, it's my jam. I just, I went through a phase, I think in like sixth grade, where Weird Al I just, he got me. And for whatever reason, I don't even remember doing it. I think it was the Holy Spirit. I memorized all of Amish Paradise by Weird Al. Like, as I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain, I take a look at my wife. And I know the whole thing. Like, literally the whole thing. And my whole high school, everything, I'm like, why do I know this song, Lord? Why did you put this song on my heart? And then when I was a freshman in college, I was at a karaoke night, random, that PBC had. And... All of a sudden, I hear, dun, 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 dun. And someone's like, does anybody know this song? And I'm like, it was me. And it was literally as if my whole life had led to that moment of I finally, I got to perform the whole thing. I remembered every word. Looked like a total weirdo. It was awesome. It established my weird status in college. Um, but it was great. So does anybody else, do you guys know who Weird Al is? Is Weird Al like, okay, Ethan, you got my back. A few of you guys out there. Do yourself a favor and just Google Weird Al Lacey. I know you. I know you get him. But Weird Al's a genius. And um, I would totally go to the Puyallup Fair to see him. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah, oh, thank you. Washington State Fair. Always with the Puyallup. Anyway, hey, well, I'm super excited to talk to you guys tonight. Um, I, we're kind of, this is just kind of kind of be a chill time of us together talking, reflecting. I just wanted to share with you guys something that's been on my heart that I wanted to just share with us as a youth ministry. Um, But just get cozy with me. Take out your Bibles and notepads. We're just going to kind of chat for tonight, and it's going to be fun. Hey, well, before we get started, I want to ask a question. Are any of you guys here, would you consider yourself detail-oriented people? Where are you at, my detail? Love it. This whole section's like, no. That's so funny. Yeah, so funny. Yeah, and over here, David, I know you are born with a briefcase. Well, I'm totally a detail-oriented person. I'm the kind of person that I would like to know when, where, who, what, why. I want to know where I'm going. Do I need a jacket? Do I need to bring a snack? What do I need to expect? What's the time frame that we're going to be there? Taylor is the polar opposite of me. He's the kind of person that literally doesn't need to know any details about anything, including just existing and just exists. And anybody else like that or any of the polar opposite non-detail people? That's, I, lo- I don't know how you guys function. I literally don't know how you function. Like he's the kind of person where he's on, he's been on a retreat the last three days and he came home today and I was like, how was your retreat? How was it? Like I knew that all this intense stuff happened and it was really awesome and he was like, it was good. I'm like, anything else? Like, was it great? Yeah, it was good. Do you guys have any good conversations? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. In my heart, I'm like, give me more. But that's just my personality is I want to know the details. So when I was growing up, um, it drove me crazy because I remember being in high school and the most annoying slash heavy question that you get asked all the time once you hit like 10th grade is what are you doing after high school? 
What are you doing after high school? Can I get an amen? It's literally, I, I've asked you guys that, and I apologize for asking you that. I just want to speak for all of the older generation, as in people who are no longer in high school, is that once you leave high school, you're, genu- you're genuinely curious what a high school person is doing after high school, because you're like, I want to know. But when you're in high school, it's so, I just remember feeling so heavy with this burden of, I have to figure out when I'm 16 what the rest of my life is going to look like. And I've got some friends who were born knowing they want to be a doctor. Hashtag Emily Holly, where you at? Excited to go to your practice someday. And then there's people like me that like I changed my ideas like nine times. I wanted to go in the real world when I was like in seventh grade. <laughs> that was my life plan. Then I wanted to do a master's commission. That doesn't exist anymore because it's too weird. But I had all these things that I wanted to do and they are changing all the time. But then throw in the factor of God. You know, if you're here in church, if you are coming to church on a regular basis, you've probably heard the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans are good enough for evil, blah, 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 blah. So I would um, hear this scripture and hear about how God has great plans for me, and I would honestly get pretty freaked out. It would kind of scare me because I think not only do I have to figure out what I want to do, but I have to figure out this grand plan that God has for me. Like God has this plan for my life and now I'm 17 and I have to, you know, somehow figure out the mysteries of heaven and get this word from God and do the thing that he's called me to, right? And it freaked me out. And what's interesting now is, so now I'm just kind of, we're just, again, I said, we're just kind of talking. 31, Taylor and I, we have two kids we have a house, you know, we're in our careers, like we love our life. And I was thinking about this the other day of that, you know, where I'm personally at right now as an adult is where I wanted to be. Like it's what I set out to do when I was in your guys' season. And what's interesting to me is that I don't feel like now that I am more in God's plan for me than I did when I was a freshman in, co- in high school or a sophomore in college. All because now I have a job that was the job I wanted or the family that was the picture I wanted. It's not like there's this sense of, okay, God, I've done the thing you've called me to. And it's interesting because when I was in high school, even when I was in college, all I wanted was for God to just give me this, like, heavy word of, hey, Noel, you're going to go to this college, and then you're going to marry this person, and then you're going to do this, and then you're going to do that, and there you go. And I'm like, thanks, God, got my 10-year plan. And I can tell you guys that that literally never happened to me. Literally not once, like, swear on the Bible, (laughs) did the Lord ever do that to me. If you would have told me when I was 17 that by the time I was 23, I'd be married to Taylor, and we'd be youth pastors in Maple Valley, I would have been like, no way, because that's not what I saw. Um, But it's interesting to me that the plans that God had for me, the plans that are good, they're not for evil, that they, you know, that Jeremiah 29, 11 talks about, that it was this journey, and it's still this journey, that I was in God's will for my life when I was a senior in high school and shaking in my boots trying to figure out what I was going to do next and nervous and had no clue what the next year was going to look like, just as much as I was in the will of God the day that I accepted, you know, a part-time position as the church, at the church as the worship director years ago. And it's interesting because I think sometimes we in the church, you guys who come here to youth group, 
come to church on Sunday mornings, we can get this idea that God's plan for us is this big grand thing. It's a job. It's an accomplishment. It's the life, you know, the picture. Well, really, God's plans for you is your life. It's the journey of you. It's the highs and lows. It's the seasons where you don't know what to do. It's the seasons where you have it all together. It's the seasons where you have lots, and it's the seasons when you have little. And I think it's interesting in that scripture of Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, God knows the plans I have for you. It's plural. It's not God knows the plan I have for you, but it's the plans. And I wanted to talk to you guys about that tonight because I think sometimes as high schoolers, as junior highers, as middle schoolers, we can kind of get lost in translation and so focused on where we're going and what we want to see in our lives that we don't really take the time to enjoy where we're at. Or we get so stressed out about what we're doing and where we're going and seeing all of the dreams in our hearts come together that we miss out on the beauty of the season that we're in. And there's something really special about seasons and about life. You know, um, Proverbs 16.9 says, man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. And then we have, a, you guys can write that down. And there's another scripture. I'm just going to kind of spout it out. And it's Psalms 37. 23 and 24, and it says, the steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. I love that. I'm going to read it again. It's so good. The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. I love that because it's talking about how God delights in the details of our lives. And for me, when I think about that, I think of the details. The details are the thing that make the whole. They're the ingredients. They're the, the small things. You know, the details of my life are the relationships I have. It's the day-to-day. It's the 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 flavors. It's the little things. It's not the big grand thing that you see. And God delights in those details of our lives. He cares about them. Ecclesiastes, if you guys want to open up your Bibles to Ecclesiastes, we're going to read this together. So good. Who has, do you guys have your Bibles tonight? If you have your Bible, just wave at me. Hey, oh, it's a fun fact. I've had the same Bible since high school. Has my maiden name on it. I got it when I was a junior and it was in a season where I had kind of in ways like recommitted my life to God and really signed up for his plans for me. And I bought this Bible as like a sign of that to myself, bought it for myself, had it engraved for myself. And though I've been gifted many Bibles since this Bible, I have always, I always go back to this one. It's got all my notes in it. It's got everything I want. But I love it. I'm going to pull up Ecclesiastes here. Okay, so we're going to read Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to read this together. Chapter 3. There's a time for everything. Verse 1. There's a time for everything. A season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to rebuild. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones. A time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. 
a time to be quiet, a time to speak up, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Verse 9, what do people really get for all of their hard work? I've thought about this in connection with the various kinds of work God has given people to do. Verse 11, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. I love that. He has planted eternity in people's heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. When I read this scripture, what it communicates to me is that how it says God's placed eternity in the hearts of man. That the desire of us as people to know the plans, to get the end game, to know how I'm getting from point A to point Z, especially in the season that all of you are in of building your lives and in high school and middle school, you're kind of on this trajectory of moving forward. It says that no one can see the whole scope of God's plans for us, which is crazy. We're going to read another scripture. It's all going to come together. Um, Open up your Bibles to Psalms 139. This is fun. It's like we're kind of in a little Bible study together. Right, guys? Yeah, there we go. I'm not going to yell. Just you wait. I will. I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I want that. Okay. Um. <laughs> Who hasn't seen Napoleon Dynamite? Okay. I'm just giving you coal? What the French? Oh, my gosh. Okay, side note, I'm telling you guys as your spiritual authority that you need to watch Napoleon Dynamite. Just telling you now. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Psalms 139. So I love the scripture. I feel like every person in this room, regardless of how old you are, boy or girl, whatever, Psalms 139 is something that you should get in your spirit. It should be a scripture that you digest, that you read over and over again, one that you can look to, because this is such a beautiful passage of scripture that so poetically talks about God's heart for us and the way he designed us, the way he created us. This is something that in my life I've gone to many, many times in many seasons and has spoken to me in different ways. And in fact, like if you were to look at my Bible right now that I've had for the last 10 years, it's highlighted, it's, you know, things are underlined. I have weird scribbles in there. Um, I love it. It's such a good scripture. But what I want to read today is Psalms 139. And we're going to read verse 3. It says, You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. And then down to verse 16, it says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And kind of the theme here is how God sees your life. We read in Psalms 37 earlier that he delights in the details of your life. It says earlier in that psalm, earlier in the verse, that he knows the desires of your heart. And that when we seek after him, we see those things unfold in our life. And when I read this, what I want to just encourage you guys with, my thought for you tonight, is for those of you who are in this room, maybe you're a high school senior, maybe you're a middle schooler, you're looking at your life, you're looking at your future, You're thinking of the things that are in your heart that you want to see happen. You're thinking of the life that you want to have, the success you want to have, 
you know, and doing that in a way that honors God. And I want to encourage you that God knows the desires of your heart. He knows the dreams that you have that might seem too big, the ones that maybe you're embarrassed to share with people because you don't know if they'd get it. He knows you. This Psalm 139 talks about how he made us and understands us and knows everything about us. And I love thinking about this because then it gives us a confidence when we move forward in our lives that we know that God's not only does he know us and get us, but he is directing us. He's leading us. Like it says earlier in Proverbs that a man makes their plans, but the Lord directs their steps. When I think of my life, I'm 31. You know, that might, you know, it's not old. I just want you guys to know. Just, I'm just saying that. I know I don't, I'm not old, but I feel like now that I have two kids, I have to be like, I'm not old. Um, but my life is just beginning. Taylor and I were literally talking about this with some friends of ours the other day, of how it's interesting that it feels like we're at the beginning of so much because we're at the beginning of whole new seasons. Like I'm literally in a brand new season as of two and a half months ago, I had another kid. And it's interesting because when I reflect on the last 10 years of my life, post high school to now, the plans that God had for me, they unfolded step by step. They unfolded by being obedient in the small things. They unfolded by just living a life that is honoring to God. And I think that that is God's plan for you and for me is the life that he's given us, the whole picture of that life, the seasons when you're young, when you're old, when you're single, when you're married, when you're in high school, middle school, college, internship, whatever it is, that's God's plan for you is to in that season live in a way that honors him, that brings him glory, that loves people. And then through that, as you follow him step by step, the plans unfold. I think of decisions that I made when I was 18 that I didn't realize were leading to decisions that I made when I was 25. And I just want to encourage you guys, wherever you're at in your walk with God, wherever you're at in your life, maybe you haven't even thought one time about what the future looks like, or maybe you were like I was when I was in high school, where the thought of the future and all the things I wanted to do scared me so much because I didn't know how it would come to pass. I want to encourage you that we serve a God that knows you from the day before you were born to now, knows your whole life. And as you seek after him and put him first, you're going to see the fruit of that in your life. You might not get the five-year plan downloaded to you at an altar at summer camp. Maybe you will. That'd be awesome. Come to summer camp. But you, you are going to get a next step. You are. I love it. Um, I love in the scripture how it says that God delights in the details of our lives. Because those are the things that make it whole. So I just have a couple thoughts for you guys to jot down. Um, three thoughts. Number one, delight in the details. Delight in the details of your life. What are the details of your life? The details of your life are the little things. It's the things that you love. It's the things that make the big picture the big picture. Like I, anybody who knows me knows that I hate cooking. I literally loathe it with all of my heart. But one thing I'm actually good at making, and I will brag about this because I have like two things I'm good at making, guacamole and cookies, is cookies. I make great cookies. I really do. I'm just saying I do. I will, bra I will die on that mountain. Um, but I know as a baker that, um, <laughs> that these cookies that I make, you know, they come, and when you get them, you see the finished product. But when I, the baker, make them, there are many ingredients that go into these cookies that make them the whole. And those are the details of our lives. 
It's the little things, the day-to-days, the things in your world that you enjoy. I think sometimes we can be so focused on the big picture that we stop to enjoy the details about what we're doing. And it says in Psalms 37 that God delights in the details of our lives. So we should delight in the details of our lives. Maybe for you that's something as small as, you know, you just love going to Starbucks every other day. And that's your jam. Go for it. Enjoy that detail. Because those are the things in life that make it beautiful. You know, it's it's the little things. I think of for me in my season right now, it's when I wake up in the morning like I did this morning and Hayden's already singing at the top of her lungs in her bed and just having a blast. That's a detail. You know, I think of being on the worship team and calling Eric Stinky E and how much he hates it. And I love it so much. <laughs> I just love it. But, but that's a detail. It's not the, the big thing. It's the detail. And I want to encourage you guys to stop and take a second and enjoy the details of your life. Enjoy the things that are around you that are small, that seem like they're insignificant, but are the things that make your life beautiful. Because we all have them. Whether you have much or little or you're in a season that's hard, you have details in your life that we can delight in. And I think that when we take the time to focus on that, it helps lift our perspective. Um, number two is to enjoy your season. Enjoy your season. I'll talk about this until the day I die. Um, but life is all about seasons. I remember when Taylor and I were engaged. Anybody who's engaged knows. I think there's two people in this room. Three people. One, two, three. Um, all have been four that have all been engaged. Um, but when you're engaged, you do not want to be engaged. You're like ready to be done being engaged. It's like all you want is to be get the wedding here. You just are done being engaged. No one's like, I want to be engaged forever. It sucks. And I remember being in that phase when I was engaged to Taylor. I just wanted it to be over with. And somebody wrote, I don't even know who it was. It's probably an angel. They wrote in a card at a bridal shower of mine. It said, enjoy this season because you're never going to walk through it again. And I've always, 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 it's like that's been tattooed on my heart. I feel like that's a Justin Bieber song. Tattoo on my heart. Is it a Justin Bieber song? Ariana Grande? It's somebody. Or we're going to write a song called Tattooed on My Heart. Amen. I will. You know what? Yeah. Um, No, but it's been just marked on me is the principle of enjoying the season that you guys are in. Enjoying the season that you are currently in. Because that's exactly where God wants you. And obviously, we're moving forward. Life is moving forward. You are getting, by nature, your season is changing because you're getting older. So things will change. But there's something to be said about taking the time to stop and enjoy where you're at. You know, for those of you guys that are in high school, middle school, you know, enjoy living in your parents' house and enjoy, you know, having coffee with your dad in the morning. Enjoy, you know, the sounds. Enjoy all of it. Enjoy being in school. Enjoy being young. Because it's a season of your life. And sometimes we can be so focused on the future and where we're going that it's like we forget to take a second to enjoy our present. Where our present is really something that's a gift from God that our future is too. But what you have going on right now, what you have going on as a high school senior in the summer about to head off to college, that weird transition, how it just feels like you're like, what am I doing? I'm floundering. Like you're at the end of one season at the beginning. It's just weird. Enjoy it. Have fun in the season. Because it's a season, and it's going to change, just like Ecclesiastes says. But I think one of the best things that we can do as people is to take the time to enjoy where we're at. Um, And then number three is let God lead you step by step. Let God lead you step by step. We read earlier that man makes their plans, but the Lord directs their steps. And 
one thing I know to be true in my own life, and I've seen this in other people's lives as well, is that that's how God leads us. He doesn't take us from point A to point K, you know, in one night. It's usually point A and then point A and a half and then point A and three quarters and then two pluses and then B. You know, it's this like slow progression. But what happens is that as we live a life that is following after God and listening for that next step, that's how God leads us. For some of us, that next step looks like things like getting the word of what college to go to or getting the peace about taking that job. But I think it starts with little things. It starts with little promptings. It starts with getting to know God's voice. It starts with being obedient in little things, like when you're in school and you feel the prompting to go sit next to that person who doesn't have any friends. Or maybe your friend tells you that there's something hard going on in their family and you just feel this, like, I should pray for them. But there's also 90 people around you. You're in the middle of the hall and you're thinking, what are people going to think? It's following those steps, step by step, as God leads us. You know, I think of in my life, when I was in, like, sophomore, junior year of high school, I felt like God used to always tell me to do really weird things. Like, this is just true story again. We're just talking. But I felt like God would always tell me to do weird things. Like, things like I'd be walking through the parking lot of Green River, and I'd see my friend's car, and I'd feel like God would be like, pray for her car. Like, pray for safety over her. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Like, I just didn't want to do it. But I would do it just because I felt like I, like, had to. I wrote this song that said, like, I'll do what you want me to. And every time I'd want to say no to God, I'd, like, hear it in my ears. Like, God's like, you told me. And um, I remember being really irritated by this. Like, it'd be things like I'd be watching TV, and this still happens to me. And I'd be at the, like, the, I'd just sit down to, like, watch my favorite show, and I'd feel this prompting of my heart to pause the show and, and pray or, you know, things like that. And it's interesting to me because then when there was the time, there was one time in my life ever where I feel like I actually heard the voice of God. And this was when I was a junior in high school getting ready to go to college, and I'd already registered to go to Seattle Pacific University. I had this whole plan, and I remember I was at a morning conference worship session, which anybody knows if you go to mornings at the conference, you're like usually half asleep. And in that worship session, I felt like God dropped it on my heart to change schools and to go to PBC. It's the one time that's ever happened. And it's interesting to me because when I felt that, there was no doubt in my mind that it was the voice of the Lord because I knew what his voice sounded like to me. It wasn't a mystery to me. And how I knew that, and I realized in retrospect, was all of those years of being obedient in the small things. It was all of the times that, you know, I'm something, I'm doing something and I felt like a prompt from the Holy Spirit to do something different or, you know, not to go to that event or, you know, turn that song off that I love but is talking about nasty stuff that I don't need in my heart and being obedient to that. Like the small things that nobody knew about but I knew about between me and God. Then when it came time for big decisions, when it came time for big changes, his voice wasn't a mystery to me. And I want to encourage you that that's how God speaks to us is through the small things. It starts with the small things and it leads us to the big things. We can't expect to be able to discern the yes or no black and white situation answer to a huge decision in our lives and be like, okay, God, speak to me if we've never learned to listen to God in the small things. Because how would we know to discern his voice over all the voices in our heads? And I want to encourage you guys while you're young, while you're in the season that you're in, to practice the habit 
of listening to God in all things. When it's awkward, when it's uncomfortable, ask God to speak to you. Start your day asking that dangerous prayer and see what he does. But when we do that, what we're doing is that we are following God step by step. We're following God in the next step, which could look like literally something as small as stop listening to that song. It could look like something as small as stop watching that show. It could look like something bigger like stop hanging out with that person. It could look like something like don't go to that school, go to this school. But all of that is God's prompting. All of that is God speaking to us. Um, So those are my thoughts for you guys. And I know it's just super simple and super down to earth, um, but I wanted to share this with you guys because I believe that there's people here who maybe you're in a season of your life where you're like I was, where you're looking at your future and you just don't know how the things that are in your heart are going to unfold. Or maybe you've been living in such a way that you want to see things change and you don't know how you're going to get there. I want to encourage you that God knows the desires of your heart that God knows you. He knows, just like Psalms 139 says, he knows every single day of your life before one even came to pass. So the things that are in your past that you're not proud of, the things that scare you, he knows them, and they don't scare God. And I want to encourage you that just like Jeremiah 29, 11 says, he knows the plans he has for you, plans for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And that's your promise. And that as you choose to move forward, as you choose to follow God, as you choose to take life step by step, listening to the promptings, you know, being obedient in the small things, it's so simple, but it's like it builds this life of following God. And that's God's plan for you. His plan for you isn't a moment. It isn't a job. It isn't this thing that you're going to achieve. You know, if God's plan for me and Taylor was for us to be youth pastors and that was it, we would have died seven years ago. Suck. You know, but God is more for us. Thank God. Um, But that to say, God's plan for you is your life. It's the whole picture. It's your beautiful life that he's given you, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what's in your past, what's going on in your family. God's given you the life that you have, and that's his plan for you is to live that life for him. So can we take a moment and pray? I want to pray for you guys. Yeah, let's bring the synth up. Let's do it. Emily, where are you at, girl? Yeah, it's your solo time. <laughs> um, I just want to take a second, and I want to pray for some people tonight. Um, can we have our leaders come up? Yeah, let's, let's just do it. I'm going for it. Hey, there you go. I'm a mom now. I can do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, hey, I want to take a second, and I want to pray for some people tonight. We have this amazing group of youth leaders up here who, I don't know if you guys know this, but they are committed to each and every one of you. They pray for you. They are aware of you. They care about you. I wish that when I was in high school, I had leaders like this in my life that would take the time to take me to coffee and ask me how I'm doing. And that's what each and every one of these guys are for. And each and every one of these youth leaders has a story, has something to impart. And I wanna encourage you tonight, if you're in a place in your life where you feel like you're confused about the future, you're worried about the future, you're worried about the past, you're, it's heavy on your heart like maybe it was for me. I want to encourage you to, just like I talked about, of being obedient in the small things. Sometimes that small thing can look like asking for prayer. Sometimes that can be as bold as recognizing that in your own spirit, you can't do it alone and you need someone to help you. So can we bow our heads and close our eyes here for a second? I just want to encourage you tonight 
maybe you're like I was. Maybe you're in a place in your life where you know that change is coming and you're not sure what you're gonna do about it. Maybe you're in a place in your life like I've experienced and I've seen people experience where the idea of the future can be kind of scary. I wanna encourage you tonight, if that's you, to come forward for prayer so that we can partner with you and so that we can speak life into you tonight. Because sometimes that's what we need is to be reminded that God knows the plans that he has for us. So tonight, we're not gonna do anything crazy, but I'm gonna ask the youth leaders to stay up here for a minute and just open it up for prayer. But tonight, if that's you, I wanna encourage you to take this opportunity to receive a word from God. Maybe that looks like just a simple prayer, but I know that tonight God has something for each and every one of you. Can we do that together? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for you, and then we're gonna kinda just stay in this moment here for a sec. Let's all stand together. God, I just thank you for every person here. Lord, thank you that your word says that you know the plans that you have for us. Thank you that you know their lives. And Lord, thank you, Father, that you're leading us, you're directing us, and you're helping us to delight in the details of the lives that you've given us. In my prayer, amen. Hey, if that's you tonight, you can come forward and have some prayer. Um, I want to encourage you to take advantage of that opportunity.